0: Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment in Spokane, Washington and Northern Idaho.
1: I'm Aaron with Orange Cat Trivia just in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Calvin
2: with Footnote Trivia in San Francisco. And I'm Jeremy with Liquid Courage
3: Entertainment in Chicago.
1: And we also have someone new with us tonight. Um, He's familiar to me. He may be familiar to some of you. Uh, This is Rob. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
4: Yep. So I am, uh, I guess at this point, technically, probably the other half of Orange Cat Trivia. Uh, I think oh, we're you're probably at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been helping, uh, Aaron write questions and co-host, uh, basically since quarantine started. Uh, I'm from Miami, moved up here a few years ago. Um, and I, Played played Aaron's game for quite a while. And then once this whole quarantine thing happened, uh, you know, we ended up doing some collab stuff so that she wasn't the only one on screen alone. And uh, now I'm kind of, uh, like I said, the other half of Orange Cat.
1: <laughs> he does work, so I'm no longer writing questions during the game.
4: <laughs> so now he's writing it during the game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's writing it like well before the game. It's remarkable Ooh. what you can do if you're actually like, Committed to do it. Not that I'm not committed
4: have, to shit. have a job that gives you a bunch
1: of free time. <laughs> That's what that I right. like. <laughs>
0: well, uh, Rob, how did you get
4: into helping out here? Yeah, so um, kind of Aaron switched to uh, like I think the week after quarantine, there were a couple live games, and Aaron uh, made the decision to switch over to virtual games. And uh, I kind of, she had a game written and she needed help um scoring it because this was this was the wild wild west before the invention of uh, automatic scoring sheets mm. so i had the most harrowing night of my life grading a 50 question game with about 56 teams. i points. said i was
1: sorry <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so uh basically all i did the entire time was uh read we had them submitted on the google forms and we had to hand read every single question so i was just uh Helping out with that, and uh, and then Jason came along and created the magic sheets, and then uh, you know it was, it kind of just happened where Aaron was like, hey, you know, it would be great if you could help me out so that I wasn't sitting on the screen talking to myself for uh, two and a half hours during the game, and uh, I had I had hosted for Erin when she went out of town for um, uh, Geek Bowl pre-quarantine and I had written about half the game for it. So, you know, I had some familiarity with it. I was like, well, if I'm going to host, I might as well uh, write half of the questions so I don't feel like a hack and a fraud. And, uh, you know, it just went from there.
1: (laughs) And people were telling me when he hosted in early March, people who didn't have to say nice things were reaching out to make a point to let me know that he did a great job. So it wasn't just a, a matter of convenience. It wasn't just like, you know, I want the help. It was my my regulars respected him, and my regulars are an ornery bunch.
0: So, Rob, would you say that you've successfully transitioned from being a player to a host?
1: Um,
4: I don't, I don't know if I would say that much. Um, I am comfortable letting Aaron, uh, you know, host. Um, I don't mind being, uh, you know, hosting when she needs backup. Um, I'm actually you know, pretty happy with, you know, helping write some questions here and there and helping grade some stuff on the back end. But, you know, you know, I was I didn't it was an interesting thing. You know, it was it was something to do. It was a new experience uh, during quarantine, Um, you know, and I did I did enjoy it. It was fun, but, you know, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm super comfortable being a host at this point.
0: That's all right. I've been doing it for five years and I'm not either.
2: <laughs> well, I said, say that Aaron probably really enjoys the help because it's it's pretty tough doing it all like kind of like 100% by yourself and having just someone even write questions or fill in for scoring or just be there to help bounce ideas off of That sounds like it would be so much help. And it it's something that I think I'm trying like I'm going to try to find myself. I think I need to find someone that I can like bounce questions off of and help me out for my games too. So
1: it definitely has been a huge boon because running running a one-man show, you know, everything falls to me. And if I drop a ball, the ball is is dropped. And it's been really great, especially transitioning back into live venues to know that there's going to be someone physically there. He does a lot of legwork in the in the chat and it's been really beneficial. But honestly what got me thinking about the value of having a second on screen person was Corey talking about realizing going into streaming how much you benefit from having people to vibe off of so it was great just for on-screen presence as well and it's really transitioned to real world as well it has been a huge load off so yes I would recommend it for everybody if you have someone who's willing to help out grab them
4: I was just gonna add real quick you know in before uh quarantine you know Aaron was hand greeting sheets and everything and you know it was it's it's always because I I experienced it too the one time I co-hosted or I, the one time I hosted for her, but up being up there and you know scrambling to get the sheets graded in between rounds and not paying attention to anyone and having people come up and saying hey I got this problem I got this problem, it distracts you from you know what you're doing, and I, I have seen you know Aaron having the backup you know, me running the sheets and running interference and grabbing people before they bother her. You know, it's given her a little bit more time to, uh, you know, engage with people and have more of a presence up on stage instead of scrambling to do all the back end work that actually makes the trivia happen.
0: Uh, So for the listeners who don't read the show notes or the episode title before hitting play show notes, and who, yeah, on our, On our episode releases? We have have little show notes on there.
1: I think I I knew
0: that.
3: We we have episode releases?
1: What?
0: (laughs) I thought we were all just hanging out. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, y'all. And if you weren't able to uh, pick up on my very smooth transition earlier, our episode focus today is transitioning from a player to a host. I believe, actually, I'm not sure about you, Calvin. Uh, or Aaron, but the rest of us have all started off as players. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, Aaron, did, did, were you playing trivia a lot before you started hosting or did you just, was your first entry into the trivia hosting world when you decided to do it?
1: Yeah, I was playing before I started hosting. I started playing with a group of friends from high school at this local Irish pub up the road from here. So local to me, not to you guys, y'all are missing out. And this game was, it's three rounds, 10 questions, it's just whatever the host feels like asking. We got our teeth kicked in every week and it was a blast. It was a, a lot of regulars, it was a really fun vibe. It was just something that we did. We were, you know, in our mid to late 20s. We were some of the youngest people in the room. And it was something that I'd never really experienced because this was 10 plus years ago. This is almost oh like 15 years ago now. Back before I think bar trivia was as big as it is now. I, I don't know when like it's drinking drink and challenge and all them started, but it wasn't as big of a thing. You couldn't find it anywhere. So that was our little spot um, and we enjoyed it. And I remember one night the host had an emergency and had to bail and he asked one of our team to write the questions and watching them go through that was kind of interesting. And then didn't think much more of it until a couple of years later, I have a bunch of friends that I actually met via our local subreddit, the Richmond subreddit they had a bunch of people who would do trivia. They'd pick a different place every week and just go and give it the red reddit hug of death and play the game. And that's how I met this guy, Nate, who hosted a bar up the street. And then he needed a fill-in and he said, hey, I think you've got a cool vibe. Do you want to try it? And I said, sure. And it was terrifying, but also a lot of fun. And I was like, oh yeah, I could totally do this. I could start my own game. So then when I saw the opening at Castleberg, it's like, I wonder if they want a trivia host. And that was that, but definitely started as a player. Never thought I could do it myself until it exploded. It's just, you know in the last seven or eight years, it's, I think it's gotten a lot bigger, and it felt like it was something that I could do.
0: And Calvin, I think you started saying something too.
1: Uh,
2: now I get to shorten my entire spiel and be like, I basically did exactly what Aaron did, <laughs> and just the quick recap of it is, I started off as a player. I started attending a trivia night at a local bar, a uh, wine bar. This one actually, and it was within walking distance in my apartment, so easy to get to and easy to get home from. And so I really had no excuse not to go almost every week. And after a while, I was like, hey, I could write questions like this. I remember going to the host one week and be like, hey, I wrote some questions. Do you want to take a look at them and tell me what you think about them? And the host was just, he replied, I'm actually going on vacation next week, so do you just want to fill in for me? I'm like, oh. oh, wow, okay, sure. I filled in for him. It went well. And uh, the funniest thing about that is that he was like, oh, what's your Venmo? I'm like, wait, you're paying me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought I was just going to cover. He's like, no, 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 no. You get paid for this. And that's how I learned people got paid for hosting trivia.
0: All right. a so,
2: um,
3: Good way to learn. Yeah. Hey, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> I love the es- the escalation of that um, to the point where you were like, hey, I wrote some questions. He's like, oh, great. You already wrote a show? Sure. You're hosting for me next week. Fantastic. <laughs> Without even looking at the questions. Oh uh, yeah. Absolutely. And that was I, I think I've been playing for about a year
2: up until that point. And then later that year, I think the host basically retired from Pub Trivia. And he was like, I'm retiring. Would you like to take over? Whether you say yes or no will not affect my decision to retire though. I'm like, <laughs> I'll I'll do it. And I started off, it was a little bit rough at first. And then you get everyone all of us here just get more comfortable with it. And I remember jokingly thinking in like after six months, I'm like, I'm done. I've I've asked every question for every piece there of knowledge is. that I know about. And there's no way I could keep on doing this for another six months. And that was three and a three and a half years ago. So
1: <laughs> we all
2: persevere. We all tough it out and <laughs> I I don't regret it. I, I really enjoyed being a host.
0: Well, that's good because you're not too bad at it. So Aww. thank you. How long, Aaron, did you say that you were playing before you started hosting?
1: Oh, geez. So I think I started playing at rare old times when I was either in. I think I was probably in grad school, so it would have been like 2007, 2008. And then I, I, I kind of fell off. That team dissolved when they had a baby, which whatever, I guess. And I didn't play really until 2015 is when I got back into it with the Reddit crew. Uh, and we were playing every week for a while. And then I started hosting in September
0: 2016. And uh, Calvin, you said for about a year. We played yeah, for about a year for about a year and on, on, even more like aaron with a couple of
2: friends from high school who lived in san francisco we all lived kind of near the same area and we like reconnected and played trivia together
0: see i i, I played a little bit before i started hosting um but over the course of maybe a year or two i would say i only played five or ten times so not a whole lot, but it was always with the uh, uh, same group of friends. And that group is how I got into hosting as well. One of the players had a friend that that owned a bar, and they asked him to host trivia. So I started playing more often, just going down to support him. For about a month or so, I went down uh, every week and I played his trivia and won most of them. So. He, when he got a job uh, interview over in Montana, he asked me if I would just take over for a week, you know, host while he was gone. I said, sure, why not? I haven't had no experience doing this, had no clue what I was doing. So I just sat down and tried to copy his format and, you know, wrote some questions and uh, it went well. The next week he got a job offer and so we asked if I would just take it over permanently. And I said, sure, why not? Just kind of ran with it. That first venue paid me in PBR. All the PBR I could drink.
1: For you, that's better than gold.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? No, it was. It, so I stayed there for a while. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was good times. But, but it sounds like a, a lot of trivia hosts in general were more serious trivia players before they got into the hosting and as is probably pretty obvious every time y'all talk about someone in the trivia world that we're all supposed to know about i was pretty blind to it i knew very little about it and i've kind of been uh figuring it all out myself as i go
2: i'm actually with you Corey. like i think the west coast trivia scene isn't as like connected. So like everything like geekball and stuff, that's all what like Chicago, Illinois kind of based stuff.
1: Yeah, Geeks Who Drink, I think they're based in Seattle. Geek Bowl's a roving event. Uh, it's a different city over yeah.
3: Oh interesting. Yeah, we just okay. have an
1: obscenely high concentration of Chicago people for some reason.
3: <laughs> Cause we're awesome.
1: That's not it. <laughs>
3: that might be it. <laughs> Worth a shot. Oh.
1: Sorry, that was well, immediate and hostile and I apologize.
0: <laughs> too late. It's out there. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Jeremy, speaking of you and Chicago, you started off playing uh, at Jason's, Jason's shows. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, uh, that was my intro to bar trivia, actually. Uh, some friends from high school, kind of like everybody else and I, uh, we, you know, we're in college. We're like, hey, how do we get together see how everybody's doing? Grab a drink. And one of them goes, um, well, my brother plays at this trivia show on Friday. So you guys just want to go down there and uh, we'll check it out. We're like, sure, why not? Go grab a couple of drinks at the bar and play some trivia. Um, and ended up really liking it and going back pretty much every week and then uh, becoming friends with Jason, who is the host, and things escalated from there, basically. So you saw a guy wearing sweatpants
0: and a Deadpool t-shirt, and you said, wow, this is a lifestyle I could uh, really get into. <laughs>
1: I want to be like that guy.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but no, we just uh, randomly chatting with the host and stuff like that, you know, between rounds and stuff, and say transitioning to uh, you know, getting to know him, becoming friends with him, then transitioning to uh, karaoke and still going to trivia when I could. And then uh, you know, I said things when I escalated from there. I actually hosted karaoke for him before I ever got into the trivia side of it, though. You know, this is uh, when and how we find
0: out if Jason listens to the episodes he's not on. <laughs> we'll get a message in, in Slack in a couple of days. Hey! Um... <laughs> Hey,
2: Jeremy, I actually have a question. Did you did you ever like a lot of us kind of jumped into trivia saying, Hey, we wrote some questions. What do you think about it? Do you ever do that to Jason? Or were you kind of just like
3: thrown into hosting kind of straight away? Um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I, I was hosting karaoke uh, for him and I was, I was basically just filling in. I, I've never been a full time host until I had my own trivia gig, uh, but I, I was filling in a lot. And he goes, I should probably teach you the trivia software. And I'm like, yeah, well, you should do that. At least, you know, that way I can fill in for you at trivia shows if necessary. I mean, how hard could it be to host a trivia show compared to a karaoke show? Hey. <laughs> Boy, I was wrong on that one. How hard um, is it? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a lot different going from, hey, that was a great job. Next up, we've got whoever, you know, trying to keep positive energy on the mic between karaoke singers to literally keeping a room's attention for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a whole different ball game, but the, what really got me into it was, uh, we started picking up more and more shows and he kept trying to throw shows at me and I've got a day job. So I'm like kind of brushing it off a little bit. And finally I worked it out. I'm like, all right, well, I can do this one show. And thinking at the time we were just going to use the one question set. And then, uh, we started getting more shows. I'm like, you know what? We should probably have a second set of questions. But I don't know when we're going to do it. And then one week he was running behind from an appointment or something. I was like, hey, I haven't written my last two rounds. Could you like hop on this? Would you be willing to help me with that? And I'm like, sure. And then within the next month, we had a whole second show, <laughs> like a second set of questions for our shows. So um, kind of transitioning into, yeah, here, could you write a couple of questions to, um, all right, let's just start writing a whole show, which I kind of volunteered for. So
1: he, he, you figured out from a mile away, he's like, I can get this sucker to do my job.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he still, he still writes, uh, he still writes one of the shows and I write one of I write our other set of questions. So basically, instead of him trying to write either 51 to 53 questions a week, or if he's going to do it himself, it'd be double that. I write one set. He writes one set. Sometimes we have people who will submit some that um, will help us out. So neither of us have to write as many. But for the most part, yeah, we we uh, split the duties. But yeah, no, that, that's kind of how I got thrown into it.
1: I love the. Jeremy, I love your word choice thrown into it, escalated, like very, very aggressive verb choice in your story, I guess. I mean,
3: that's that's (laughs) one way to look at it. But like I said, I never said I didn't enjoy it. Um, It was just very like
1: blink twice if you don't actually enjoy it.
3: (laughs) Jason's not Uh, here right now. You're safe. Well, (laughs) it's just weird. It was like it was like a natural progression, honestly. to just kind of getting where we are now. And I enjoy it. I really do. I I like writing questions. I I feel like I learn a lot from that side of it. But it is definitely a whole different uh, scenario from being a player and just sitting at a table playing a game.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. So Rob, we all
2: mentioned that we all kind of started hosting questions. And it sounded like your first experience with virtual trivia was a uh, harrowing ordeal of grading questions. So outside of like kind of like these days with virtual trivia, what would you say is like the thing that draws you, or what's the most appealing thing about kind of hosting a virtual trivia? Like what what kind of draws you to wanting to do it week in and week out?
4: Well, the first so so like uh like we said earlier, the first time I hosted was when Aaron went out of town for Deep Bowl. And that was kind of um I had made an off-the-cuff remark a couple uh, months before of like, oh, you know, if you can't get anyone to uh, to cover for you, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it for you. And then the week of, she was like, hey, remember how you said that you would cover for me if I couldn't find anyone? And I was like, oh, I need to write some questions.
1: I so gave you more lead time did- than that. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least two weeks.
4: So... So, that's how, that's how that happened.
1: <laughs> cool. Sucks down here under the bus, buddy. I wrote your current events around. <laughs> On vacation. She
4: did write the current events around. I did. Uh, so, and then the the trivia, so the online trivia, I kind of, I, it was much of the same with like, hey, I'll help you out. you know, because we, we kind of rode the quarantine out together. So, I we were, you know, hanging out on Thursdays anyway, and I offered to help with the first game from a uh, from a logistic standpoint. I helped with that. And then we decided that it would be, you know, beneficial to have two people on screen so we could kind of bounce off each other and play off each other and not, you know, have a little bit more energy in the room. And I didn't... I, I felt like if I was going to be on the screen... I should write some questions because it was only fair. Gotcha. <laughs> and I so, said, cool.
2: and, <laughs> I have a so, small follow-up question about the question writing. Like, we don't have to go too far into this. I'm just curious. Do you and Aaron work on questions together or is it a really separate process Where there's questions you come up with and questions Aaron comes up with?
1: We split the rounds. Uh, so I do current events every week. He does the music every week, both because he has a more varied taste in music and has the software to edit the clips. And then the other three rounds, we each will take one. And then the, the halftime round, the visual, we usually just be like one of us will have an idea, and whoever has time will put it okay. together. But we do, you know, we've got a Google Doc. And before I started a new job two weeks ago, so I'm in an office now full time. But before that, it was like we'd sit here on like a Monday night or a Wednesday night and drink some drinks and sit and write questions together. So there, there was a collaborative element. But
2: Man, that sounds cool yeah, it was, <laughs> I feel like that's something that none of us get to do really. it was so, it's pretty
1: great. Um, and I do miss that pretty jealous. yeah um, but that's been a little bit harder lately and it's shown like I've joked about it at the show. It's like yeah, I wasn't you know I wasn't in the room when Rob wrote this or he was in the room when I wrote this. We didn't check each other. We didn't bounce like we had gotten used to. So we need to figure out a way to make that work again.
3: Yeah I think so
4: pick, pick a night a week and just write some questions. but we I mean it is collaborative uh, in a sense, cause we do, we create a Google doc at the beginning of the week. And, you know, over the, over the course of the weekend, we bounce some ideas of like, Hey, you know, maybe this would be a good round or I show her some music and I say, Hey, does this have legs? And then we kind of go from there. So it is, it is a joint effort. Like we do, we do bounce the ideas off each other and we help, you know, if I, if I get nine questions written and I, I get stumped on a 10th, Aaron will jump in and, Give it a crack. And if Aaron writes a couple questions and then gets, you know, has one left over and she needs some help, I'll jump in and write one of the questions, to finish the round out. So we do, you know, we collaborate quite a bit. So it's not, we're, we're not kind of really writing in a bubble and then just throwing the questions at each other.
1: But, and part of that too has been kind of cool because I've been like, this is what my game sounds like. And I, it's helped me nail down a style and no shade, Rob, but like I'll look at a question I'm like, oh, this is not my style. and I'll, I'll tweak some <laughs> words. I'll change some words. You know, I'll, I'll move things around. Um, and part of that is because especially if I'm doing the reading, they need to read a certain way. I definitely fucked you a couple of times when I went and changed stuff and you didn't know and it was not the way you normally talk. Cause that's how we write. We write the way we speak. So he'd write a question just like Rob would ask it. And I would edit it to the way Aaron would ask it. Then he'd get on stream and read it, having never seen it before and sound like he'd never read it before, which he hadn't. And I am sorry for that.
4: Yeah. And I'm not a good cold reader, but, uh, you know, and that, that being said, you know, Aaron, Aaron has a certain style of writing questions uh, that I've tried to uh, keep, keep with, with, you know, some of the, some of the other virtual games that we've played. Um, no, not, not a critique, just a observation. There's, there's a bit more, you know, it, or you don't kind of writing with some of the questions like on Jason's game or when I played Corey's game, you know, you had quite a few questions with no lead in and Aaron, Aaron tries to write her questions in a way that give people a hook on every question if possible. And she tries to avoid that, you know it, or you don't. So it's, it's been interesting to learn. You know how how she writes her questions, and to try to to try to write them in a similar way, so that you know it's not it's not immediately obvious that someone different was writing the question.
0: Okay, so basically, Aaron just asked you to come on here and shit on the rest of us.
1: I mean, I didn't. but Listen, <laughs> if that's what's going to happen, then
0: you know I'll say to that end, and and this isn't a little bit off topic here, but uh, I've found that. Since becoming more involved with the Trivia Writers Co-op, I've made a real effort to change um, the way that I I write questions, and I really do prefer the, you know, the the angle that Aaron and Calvin take, where you have several different ins to a question, and uh, I'm I'm trying to to do that more because you know it or you don't. be really frustrating when you're out there playing it so i actually really appreciate it
4: it's harder to do it's harder to write that style of question but i think it i think it's a better experience so you know aaron aaron's game is for for the local stuff it's a pretty tough game compared to like geeks who drink or you know some of the other local trivia games but it you know even as someone who's not super good at trivia Uh, It's still, it's fun to play her game because you do have, like, there's stuff you can latch onto and talk it out with your team and find a way to arrive there. So, you know, it was a style that as a player, I thought was cool. And, you know, I'm happy to to have her yell at me and say, hey, you just wrote a really shitty question. (laughs)
1: Let's fix it. (laughs) I'm rarely that, I don't think I've ever said that.
4: Well, I'm paraphrasing, but... <laughs> well, Rob, if you want Not, not to, to make Erich hear... sound like a shrew.
2: <laughs> Rob, if you want to hear four trivia hosts talk at length about writing crappy questions, uh, episode 12. Uh, <laughs> fun, fun topic discussion about that. And I think we're all in agreement with you. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you really get a kick out of the kind of the creative writing process of it, right? Like just... Do, like that payoff of asking a really good question that your audience really appreciates. And it walks that fine line of difficult and gettable and fun and somewhat like serious and
4: entertaining all at once. Like, is that, does that sound? Yeah. And you know, we put the game that we wrote that we just played on Thursday. um, I wrote some before and afters and they played difficult, but they were very good they were still very well written and everyone really enjoyed the round. And even though, even though it wasn't a high scoring round, I still enjoyed the fact that, you know, we were able to put out good questions, even, even if people, you know, kind of got murdered by it.
1: <laughs> people got <laughs> half of the befores and afters. Uh,
2: well, I just wanted to echo kind of that sentiment of what Rob said. And basically like what I get the biggest kick out of, of being a trivia host. to me, it's still about the questions. Uh, I'm not really like a personality. I'm not there to get people to like, I know Peter from a long time ago (laughs) mentioned he likes to be charismatic and like kind of uh, drive the crowd with his personality. Eh, I'm not that kind of person. So I try to let my questions be entertaining instead of me (laughs) to take the spotlight away from me. And basically summed up, I like writing questions that I would like being asked. I don't know a lot of things, but I think I can make connections pretty well. So yeah, writing questions where it rewards knowing a little bit of stuff, but the ability to take that knowledge and run with it into something logical is kind of the the thing that I would want to reward. So crafting questions that check all those boxes of like, yeah, exactly what I was saying previously, like being entertaining, yet still doing a little bit of critical thinking. That's what I'm chasing every time I write a question. And some of them hit, some of them don't. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I asked a really dumb question the other day about a certain horror movie about sharks that I somewhat regretted, but it it's all good. That's the learning process.
1: That uh, was the question.
2: Okay. I'm going to i have now. to do that now. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I will ask the question exactly as I wrote. Oh, oh no. So <laughs> this, this is, <laughs> this, is <a laughs> this is a very
1: promising lead in.
2: Okay. In the 1999 movie, Deep Blue Sea, scientists experimented on sharks until everything goes wrong. What disease were the scientists trying to cure? And that's that's it. Yeah. yeah, I
3: don't remember. I've seen the movie. Was it cancer?
2: No, because this is like my attempt at thinking like, oh, if you're a horror movie writer, how would you get your sharks to be more dangerous and scarier than a typical shark?
0: rabies yeah that's, yeah that's a pretty solid
2: rabies was a really good guess but from the movie the tagline was uh like faster meaner and smarter so they were doing brain experiments on the sharks is
1: brain a disease
2: yeah. uh no but <laughs> alzheimer's? like yeah but i i just remember seeing like oh they're trying to cure alzheimer's that's stupid but guessable and no it's not guessable no <laughs> one would think that uh, so, you well, know, like I, yeah, not everyone has horror movie writer logic, and I guess there's a reason why <laughs> that's considered a silly horror movie. But
1: oh, well, you know, and it, exactly. And that's actually something I want to know from Rob. Like that feeling when you're like, uh, I fucked up. <laughs> is there is there anything that because I, I I don't remember the first time I fucked up, but I remember like many other times when I'm standing up there and I'm just like, yeah, I blew it. Like my, my writing has made this a worse experience for everyone in the room, including me. Um, is there any, any time, like in, in the transition period, have you had something like that when you're like, Oh, I don't like this feeling.
4: Yeah. I've written some questions that were, uh, that I thought made sense. And then when I, you know, reading them in my head over and over again, and then reading, as soon as we got on the live stream and I read it out loud, I was like, Oh, no one's gonna understand what I'm asking for. Uh, so you know you got that, and then obviously you know you you make research errors, and uh, you know people you know get very trivia players mm. are uh, <laughs> unforgiving. Um, so we know Rob. we're we're here they, for you. We understand you know, more yeah. than anyone yeah.
2: else. <laughs> Welcome.
4: Believe it or not, we don't know all this stuff, and there there's a lot that goes into researching stuff and there's a lot of stuff on the internet that is not um, straightforward. There's a lot of contradicting mm-hmm. information out there, so I think on one, we did, we did like a letters one where everything was a single letter and mm-hmm. that was just a disaster <laughs> of a round. <laughs> And people people were pissed off in the chat. They were yelling and screaming. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, I don't care. <laughs> like, come <That's>, at me. <laughs> that's the creative process. If you want
2: canned formats that you've heard before, just changing out proper nouns and years and players and awards, sure, we could keep on asking those. But, you know, like, we're trying to make you connect dots that you haven't previously thought about. And, yeah, sometimes that's going to work and sometimes it isn't. But we're... I feel like we're pushing the envelope when we do stuff like that. I'd rather have a trivia that screws up that way than plays it safe and just,
4: you know. Well, and if you want to keep it fresh, you know, we we've we've experimented with a few different formats over the course of you know the last four months. With you know, this is this is the kind of question that we're asking. You know, we're looking for certain. You know, we Aaron wrote around where it was. Uh, you know. Each each question answer was a certain length, and you know even though we both play test it twice, um, and we checked it in the car right beforehand before we started recording, you know we screwed up the answer lengths <laughs> on it, oh, and no. people people yeah, were pissed. That, like a word that's like you're gonna because you could just well yeah, and if you're gonna if you're gonna try to keep it fresh and you're gonna bring new formats to people, you know it's not not everything's gonna work every time. And, you know, I did a music round that was, that people did not enjoy, but you know, we're, we're trying (laughs) and we're trying to keep it fresh and we're trying to bring, you know, different, different ideas and, you know, it's not always going to work. And, you know, there's a certain type of person out there who thinks that, you know, we're writing the trivia specifically for them. And, you know, that kind of person can, you know, go to hell as far as I'm concerned. But for the most part, people are, you know, receptive to it and they're happy, you know, that we're trying, I find, at least. So that's cool. You know,
0: you can't ask for more than that. As long as they're happy, you're good. Jeremy, I think you're in sort of a a unique position here where you didn't know Jason. You just went there to play. You played for a while and now you're working for the same company that you were playing at and you've gotten to know Jason through it and seen you know, a, a real behind the look scene into the exact game you were playing. How has all of that been for you? How
3: did it all feel? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, maybe because I don't have a, an experience to weigh it against. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I like to know how things work. Uh, inherently, I'm just a tinkerer. I like to take things apart and figure out how they work and how they do the things they do. So I guess for me, it was just kind of a natural experience as I went along, got to know him, was like, oh, show me how this works. Show me how you do this, um, especially because he wrote his own software uh, that, that we use at the shows. It was like, OK, this is not something I can just go tear apart, um, you know, on my own. Uh, I need you to show me how to do it. And, you know, eventually, as he wanted to teach me how to do trivia, we went into the de- in-depth in the software and. Uh, uh, just kind of went from there uh, again, it's not nothing strange to me, I guess it, it didn't feel weird. I think if I was thrown into another format, it would have been weirder. Like I've been doing this, I'm going to try to do it on my own, but I'm going to do pencil and paper instead of everything being computer based and like, you know, whiteboards and markers. That would be weirder for me uh, than just kind of transitioning into the show that
0: I knew. Was there anything that surprised you? Uh, any Anything that you know caught you off guard
3: or you weren't expecting when you got that look behind the curtain? Um, not really, until I started writing the questions. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, it's a lot harder than it looks. I mean, just you, knowing you have to research things and try to come up with a question that's entertaining, that has, uh, as we talked on in past episodes, has some ins to it. Um, something that's not going to put the crowd to sleep uh, and be too overly hard or overly easy. Um, As as you guys mentioned, it's that weird feeling like going up there, and I've done it multiple times. This question looks great on paper. Uh, It looks great when I put it in there. It makes sense in my head. You ask it to the room, and then there's silence.
1: And they're staring at you like you've killed their dog. You're like, it's fun. (laughs) First of all, it's one fucking question. Secondly, (laughs) I knew it. I know the answer.
3: (laughs) exactly
4: right we got we got 48 of them right and we got two one one was poorly written and one was just wrong yeah meanwhile you guys have missed everyone acts like we kicked them (laughs) (laughs) yeah you yeah we did we did much better than you guys did
0: (laughs) (laughs) well jeremy on that note what are some uh what's some advice you have for other players that want to become hosts
3: well first would be if you're going to a show regularly get to know your host i'm not gonna say you're going to become friends with them but get their input they're the ones up there hosting it what do they um what do they have to teach you what do they have to tell you about it what do they think about it uh you may find out um at least what i've noticed in the karaoke scene uh, i used to travel a lot for work i don't understand why some people even do the job um, i used to try to regular karaoke shows um, Uh, when i was traveling i would try to go to uh, a local bar near my hotel that had karaoke's kind of uh, after a long day of work to kind of have a drink and relax and just have some fun and there were literally hosts all over this country that they just go okay that was bob sarah you're next like no personality whatsoever i haven't come across that personally in trivia but i've heard that Uh, from other people that have played shows like, wow, that was like really boring. Like the host didn't care. They literally never interacted with the crowd. They would ask a question, be completely silent, wait for um, everybody to turn stuff in. Like, and then they would just give scores and that was it. Like no interaction with the crowd whatsoever. And I feel like you have to have some sort of interaction. Not that there's, um, not that you have to be, super excited and bouncy and up in front of everybody, but like at least get to know your players. Um, that That's something that I try to you know, keep in mind. I I know pretty much the name of all my regulars at my shows and I know about and then, them. <laughs> and then you can write
2: better questions suited for them because yeah. then you know how they think, uh, how they might approach things, yeah. so on and so
3: forth. And that's I think that's what I was trying to get to, which is I wasn't winding around the ball there. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Like you get to know your players and Then yeah, you can write a better show. I mean, I write, uh, like I said, I write one of our sets of questions every week, so fifty-three questions in the end. Um, And I write that knowing who my crowd is now. My first couple weeks were generic trivia questions more so than they were uh, as I've as I've gone on. Not only just do do you get better at writing as you practice and you you realize what works and what doesn't, Um, but yeah, knowing your crowd is huge.
1: I feel almost like. Not like I've let them down, but if I have a game that I don't feel good about, I feel bad. I'm like, man, you guys trusted me to entertain you, and I fucked it up. And I feel I probably shouldn't. I should probably interrogate that a little further on my own time. But like, <laughs> I, I am invested in my players having, and as much my regulars who I love because they're fucking weird, um, when when other people show up because they didn't know it was trivia night or they heard about us somehow, I want them to love it and care about it as much as I do. And it's weird when other hosts don't have that.
4: Well, we had, we had nights when we hosted a virtual game where, you know, we, we duff something bad and, you know, it was like, we were, we were aware that we messed something up and, you know, everything didn't go to plan. And, you know, after, after the game, you know, we were, we were upset about it, you know, like not, you know, not, not like, you know, too much, but like you know, we weren't stoked. Like we talked about it afterwards and, you know, we weren't like as happy as we normally are when a game's over and we do well. So the hosts do care
3: at least. Well, they should at least. <laughs> and I think that's the difference that, that I was kind of coming up with. Is like, if you care, it shows and your players see it. Even if you screw up, you have a bad question set or even, you know, whatever happens, you're less likely to lose your crowd if you're invested in, in the in the group there. So
2: I feel like if you also write the questions, you're like inherently caring about them because yeah. you spent all that effort writing the question. You want to see people get it, yeah.
1: Right? Like I don't. I don't want people to be sad. Yeah, I want you guys yeah. to have fun. I pro- I do this for you. It's because I care. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Rob, anything else about like kind of like any any tips or suggestions you might give to players who want to become hosts?
1: Yeah, just talking to your host. Talk to the the people who. Who do it all the time? Uh, I hear there's a podcast that you might enjoy listening to. I don't know anything else about it, but I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, talk to the people who talk to the people who do it, um, except probably Corey, just because no.. We- <laughs> and you know, I obviously enjoy talking about the business. It's something I'm really passionate about and I care about, and I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has, because I want people to want to get involved, not maybe in my area on Thursday nights, but any other night. <laughs> it's fine.
0: Corey, what about you? Anything? Um, I think my advice would be: be prepared. Have your sources figured out. Don't go into it just uh, blindly. Like you need to source out every question, every answer. You need to be prepared to defend your answer and to put your foot down and and make decisions. Uh, you can't always let them push you around because of you know a technicality or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's
0: you you need to really be confident that your answer is the one that you're going with and knowing why you're going with it.
1: That's good advice, too. There's definitely a personality type, I think, that gravitates towards that kind of work and that kind of (laughs) week in, week out abuse more than others. I don't know what it says about all of us that we're like, yeah, I'd love for strangers to yell at me over my intellect. Right. But here we are.
2: You just remind me because I used to work with the same bartender every Tuesday when I hosted at the live show and when I started, I remember she told me one time, but oh, yeah, when you started out, you were really like wishy washy, like you were kind of unsure about everything. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, like you got a lot better, and you're you you just I mean, I think she basically said gross spine or something <laughs>
1: along those lines.
2: Yep. I'm like, you know what? It's actually kind of true. Like that that did help me out a lot. And you need to. Yeah. And I guess I'll conclude with my advice. And I guess my advice is about the kind of personality side. And it's that um, that will all come naturally. You don't have to be an inherently super charismatic, extroverted person to host a trivia. I think most people who do trivia are a little bit introverted. So you're in good company. I'm kind of that way. And you it's it's the beginning is scary, but it's really something that you quickly get used to and you you develop and next thing, without you even knowing, you are in front of a mic, entertaining a crowd for two-ish hours, and everyone's having a good time, and you don't even know where you got that skill. So, I would say, um, if if you genuinely are passionate about trivia and writing questions, and, but you're like, oh, I don't know, I have the personality for it. I'm a bit too shy. I'd say give it a shot. I think it's all a little rough at the beginning, but. We all started kind of like, yeah, that, so
1: you say no one sprang from the womb fully formed as a trivia host. I don't think oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Try it. The worst thing that happens is people are mean to you, but like people are going to be mean to you no matter what. So you might as well try to learn a new skill. I'm bad at pep talks. What's the next topic? Guys?
0: <laughs> I want to I want to explore that further. So oh. you're saying everyone yeah. who listens to our show, uh, people are just mean to them all the time.
1: Um I think people are mean to everybody in general <laughs> occasionally cuz I think people suck. And this this is I mean I've said this in public and I'll say it in public again like trivia attracts a type of personality like we've all said introverts but also trivia is a activity sport competition whatever that rewards being right over everything else. And Ooh. I have on multiple occasions run into people who would rather be right than kind. And on the one hand, it's part of the job. On the other hand, I've put up with some shit no one should have to put up with, and I'm sure we all have to varying degrees. And I think that you need to be able to walk into a room and know that you are going to, and especially as a female trivia host, there are going to be guys in there who are going to assume off the bat, they know more than me and are going to tell me all about it and will not respond well when I put my foot down. And you need to be. Prepared for that because the people who are best at trivia are the people who they're not, they're not the most charismatic. They're not the one with the most friends. They're not the people who are, you know, making the world a better place. And maybe they are also doing those things. The people who are winning trivia nights are the people who know more than the people next to them. And that can lead to a personality type that is not. I don't want to be friends with all the people I've ever played trivia with. A lot of them I do. And I have made friends with my regulars, and it's great but you will attract people who will not be interested in being nice to you because they'd rather you admit they're right and you need to be prepared for that. And it sucks, but it's, it's part of, part of what it is.
0: I'm always surprised when those groups come in and play trivia, the, the, well, actually uh, groups, my surprise never lasts for long because I have to remind myself that's, that's why they're here. They're here because they think they know a lot and they want to prove it.
4: We had a group, um, and I, I don't know, you may end up cutting this bit, but we had that group with that one dude who was also a trivia host, and him and his group they had won two games prior and they got some they got some questions that weren't perfectly written wrong, but they were gettable and Aaron made the call that they were gettable and that we should, you know, count those questions. And Uh, You know, they got pissed off because they wanted to win the game and they flipped the fuck out in the chat and I banned one of them. Aaron went off on another one. And then the third guy who is supposedly also a trivia host, you know, went on a nuclear meltdown on Facebook and freaked out. And, you know, you're going to get shitheads who, you know, like Aaron said, want to be right. And, you know, you got to be ready to put the beat down on them because they're assholes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I guess I'm gonna add one more piece of advice. If your goal is to prove that you're smarter than everyone else, maybe don't be
0: a trivia host.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that's my that's my second piece of advice. <laughs> you host so you get paid whether you win or not, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, and you know, you're above all, you're an entertainer. Your flavor yeah. of entertainment is I ask people questions, but my job is to make sure everyone has fun and. You know, one of my favorite teams ever, and I doubt they listen, but the Trash Pandas is their name. It's this couple. They've been playing my game for close to four years. Um, Like, we have league numbers. They're league number three. And they rarely crack the top five. They almost never crack the top three. And they're there every week. And they're fun. And they're engaged. And we're friends on Facebook. And they're awesome people. And I adore them. And those are the kind of people I want. And I, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, and if that's not what you do trivia for, then fine. But those are the kind of regulars that I want to come to my game because I entertain them and that's what I want to do.
0: Oh, yeah. Every week we do a keyword challenge. We take a word or phrase that is presented to us by a member of the listening community and we write a question around it. The word or phrase does have to appear in the question or the answer. Rob, are you ready for this? Are you excited? I'm excited.
1: By the way, Rob, you're going to have to write a question tonight.
0: Cool. Let's let's fucking do it. All right. Anyway, keyword. The night. Coming to us from Steve Vetter in New Jersey. I February 29th. February 29th. That's it. That is our keyword. All right. Y'all know how this works. We're going to take a 10-minute break here. You're going to listen to Jason talk about social media over porn music. And uh, we'll be back shortly.
4: Hey everyone, Jason here. While the hosts step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you, you can check us out online at Quadrivia Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show.
0: And we're back. How's everybody feel about that?
1: I feel good. How do you feel?
0: I feel terrific. All right. Rob?
4: Um, I'm all right. Well, why don't you uh, start the show for us? So on February 29th, 1960, which is a leap day, what establishment of questionable repute was opened in downtown Chicago? The owner also eventually opened a mansion and a smut magazine. Downtown Chicago of
3: 1960? that would be the uh, uh playboy club right i guess mm-hmm. that's the one yeah there was um a show about that place uh sean Mayer was the um main star in it uh it, it only lasted a season though unfortunately
4: it was actually pretty good yeah it's it's my favorite
2: leap day fact <laughs> Is that, like, a tourist attraction that people still visit, or
3: is it like, eh? It's not there anymore. No, it really does. closed oh, so down. Okay. Um,
0: Got it. I'm just still stuck on the fact that you clarified that February 29th was a leap day.
1: He did that every <laughs> goddamn time. Every single fucking question. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. If it were still alive today, that club would only be 15 years old. <laughs> Our 15th birthday, I should say.
0: It's not even old enough to visit itself yet. All right, Rob, that was a good one. Um have you have you been there to the Playboy area?
4: No. Chicago? I have not. I just, no. No no Chicago strip
3: clubs.
1: I mean we can go is and we're it, there next Playboy? spring if you want.
3: It's it's not there anymore. I mean you can go there. I don't know what's in the building. Yeah, I mean
4: there's still an area where it was. you got to go pay tribute. There's definitely, And there's definitely strip clubs in Chicago, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> Same thing. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> uh,
0: Jeremy, are you giving tours of your favorite ones when people come to sure. visit? We, we can nine. do
1: that. We'll be there next May,
3: God willing. And just, just so you won't know, it closed in 1986, according to Google. Oh. Favorite mm-hmm. strip club? Yes, my favorite strip club closed a year after <laughs> I was born.
1: So, so He's a man who knows he likes.
3: I guess so. <laughs> All
0: right. Can I read mine?
1: Yes, please.
0: You said that 1960, February 29th, was a leap day. And mine is February 29th, 1692, which was also a leap day. On February 29th, 1692, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba, three women living in New England, Received the first arrest warrants in one of the most popular legal proceedings in the United States colonial period. Of which crime were they accused? Ooh, I think I know this one.
2: Tichuba. that was from that book, wasn't it?
0: Um, it probably was. Maybe the Crucible? I've read. I've read a few books.
1: A yeah, I.
3: This, is the, this is the same witchcraft. Of witchcraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's witchcraft.
1: Yeah, that's my guess.
0: Yeah, it is. It is witchcraft.
1: I thought it was a very good question, Corey. You should be very proud. Thank you
0: so much, Aaron. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tried to give ins.
1: You did. You gave tons of ins. No, that was good.
0: <laughs> it's history, literature, everything. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Law. I with the, so. Enough of <laughs> <with> the pity. <laughs>
1: Leap Day is a 2010, quote, romantic, quote, comedy about the terrifying and probably unethical superstition that states that a man cannot refuse a marriage proposal from a woman if she makes that proposal on February 29th, which is a leap day. The less aggressive or binding version of this tradition is what type of dance, based on a character from the comic strip Little Abner, where the girls ask the guys, khaki pants optional?
2: (laughs) That, that took some turns.
4: <laughs> Sadie, it's a Sadie Hawkins. The Sadie is. Is the it is a Sadie the...
1: Hawkins dance. Have you guys ever heard the song yeah. Sadie Hawkins Dance by that band whose oh, name I should have looked up? Yeah, yeah. What band is Ryan that? K. Ryan K. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sadie Hawkins Dance. The girls ask yes. the guys. Sadie Hawkins yeah. Dance uh, in my khaki pants. pants. There's nothing it's better. Much better. Oh, oh, yeah, that song. Yeah.
4: They're like one of those edgy Christian rock bands,
1: right? Uh, don't think I, so. I think, yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah,
4: they
3: were. They were yeah, Christian pop punky
1: No shit. Well, okay. Huh. I did not know that about them. Yeah. Anyway, they do a song called City Hawkins Dance and the guys wearing khaki pants, and it's going to be in my head for the rest of the week. But that is (laughs) the name of the song. And also, the synopsis of that movie is terrifying and heteronormative and terrifying. And I hate it. All right. Calvin, what do you got for us?
2: Okay. uh, No years in this question, but a leap day nonetheless. so my question goes, poor Frederick thought he was done with his apprenticeship, only to realize he had another 63 years left due to being born on a leap day. Thus begins what musical, which also features a character who would be quite good and also insufferable at trivia?
0: Okay, well, first thing that I'm noticing here is there's not somebody immediately shouting out the answer. Yeah.
1: Can I, I can point to your hints, but I can't tell you what they tell me.
0: Do you know what song from the
3: musical I am alluding to? I don't think so. Yeah, this is not coming to me, and I'm usually really good with, like, Broadway-type stuff. It's a bit older than that. I think it's a Sullivan. Okay. Still.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, the song I was alluding to was the, uh, I forget the name of the song, Uh, Major, I'm the... the modern. modern,
1: I am the very model of a modern Major General. Major General. Pirates? Is it Pirates of Penzance?
2: Yes, it is. Pirates of Penzance. So Frederick was a pirate apprentice until his 21st birthday, as the wording stipulates. And since he was born on February 29th, his 21st birthday wouldn't be until he was 84 years old. So he was a pirate apprentice for life. And that was the underlying plot of Pirates of Penzance.
1: Uh, my only real interaction with that show, other, I think our opera is doing it next season, um, and I I'll go see it because I, I have season tickets, but that is the only reason. Um, I knew a guy who lives in the LA area. Who, this is going to get weird. I met on an OK Cupid subreddit a million years ago, and his OK Cupid profile was the words to that song, but rewritten about him. And it was wonderful. Oh and like, like,
2: that's so LA. It's so
1: it's so LA. And in, in hindsight, it's super cringy, but in 2013, it was like the height <laughs> of, of, you know, the good kind of peacock, which you had to do. And he's a really good dude. But, uh, yeah, that's my only real relationship with that song is Brett's profile on OK Cupid, which now I'm going to see if I can find it.
2: In hindsight, I might've alluded strong, more strongly to being a pirate. I, I figured if I, use the word pirate that would have given it away
1: but. yeah or it would have made it a DTQ okay yeah so
2: Pirates of Penzance features a leap day and an unfortunate wording
0: of a apprenticeship agreement
2: so remember not 21st birthday 21st year
0: it was a, It was like a lot of your questions where for me at least when I hear them like, fuck I have no idea and then as soon as the answer is revealed I'm like well now all of it makes sense <sighs> see how everything led there.
3: I think that leaves Jeremy. I guess it does. I mean, I, I guess I kind of went sort of a similar way, but uh, you'll see. Um, my question is this. Ja Rule, Tony Robbins, and Dinah Shore are just three celebrities who are known as leaflings. <laughs> what strange anomaly connects these three famous people to about 205,000 newcomers every few years? Are we overthinking this? Oh, no, this I, think, all just I think we all know it. Know it. I
0: assume yeah. we all know it.
3: Yeah, um, no, I, I put the answer in the question, basically, or in the, uh, yeah. I, I put the keyword in the answer. There we go. Yeah. Leaplings. Huh. So yeah, they were all born on February 29th.
2: I guess I have a question for you all. If you're born on February 29th, would you celebrate your non year birthdays on February 28th or March 1st?
1: It would depend on which was a more convenient day to get drunk on.
2: Agreed.
0: Practical. Yeah.
3: I like it. And if you celebrate that way, you get your 21st year uh, celebration. And then when you're what, 84, you get your 21st birthday. Hey, yeah.
2: That's pretty good. Or you can celebrate on the 20th and the 1st for a real fun. Actually catch. sounds
1: more like what I would do.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Good answer. Yeah. So, Jeremy, in a uh, Liquid Courage show, this question be, this would be more towards the beginning of a round? Or do you um, think that...
3: Sometimes sometimes we'll sprinkle them in. We don't necessarily do beginning of a round is easier, end of a round is harder. I say I usually judge it like that, but for the most part, no, we'll sprinkle them in. It depends on the rest of the round. It's going be about a medium, though, because the only clue I really give is Leaplings, and then the 205,000, uh, which is the average people uh, born on Leap Year.
0: Yeah, I was actually I was going to ask you about Leaping. that. I'm going to bring that up. Sometimes when we're going over these keyword challenges, I'm like, oh, man, that's uh, listening to other questions. Like, oh, the, the answer is so easy. Is it like, d- would I really have known that prior if I hadn't just you know, read wiki page about <laughs> said events and have just seen a nickname and, and all of this information was like just in front of my eyes? Would I have made the uh, connection as quickly I hadn't just studied it. You guys feel like I you do know. that or am I just
1: really high? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah,
0: why not both? Right. I, um yeah, I like but... to think that Leaplings would have uh given it away for me if I was, you know, reading this not having just studied deeper. One kind of rule of thumb is like if I can't
2: come up with a really reasonable wrong guess, <laughs> It might be too easy. So I'm trying to think, like, what else could I have said for this one?
0: You know, I've I've found that uh, I make multiple choice questions. I do that, uh, you know, trying to come up with three plausible oh, wrong yeah. answers. And I've changed more than one question because I realized that you can't come up with another plausible answer.
2: Well, luckily, we'll only have to deal with these questions once every four years, hopefully. <laughs> 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 but maybe we can do our set of questions now, as written by our lovely guest, Rob.
4: Rob, do you have something for us today? Yes, I do. Uh, we talked earlier about how uh, you know we co-write some of the rounds, and I have a round just like that um so half half of these were written by me half of them were written by aaron and it's a it's a round that we co-wrote and it's about things that we like does that mean that aaron is not going to participate
0: i mean i think aaron gets a free win here
1: yes y'all want to win or not like (laughs) which side are you on uh no i will i i said this last night um i'm a self-described human flashbang so this is going to be an opportunity for me to just sit here and do what i do best which is distract people
4: oh good okay It'll be really hard. Uh, For Corey, (laughs) this is going to be really easy. So, question number one. The 2017 Masters Tournament was the 81st edition of the Masters Tournament. That's the one with the green jacket. Who took the win at that tournament? His first ever major win. He's known for his epic temper tantrums and for sounding like he could be an ice cream flavor.
2: (sighs) Oh. Oh, okay. I think I know this now, but I don't think I have his first name right.
3: Uh, What do you have for the last name? Garcia. Okay, Is it Cherry Garcia? No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Chewy Garcia, maybe? Aaron, are you even close? Could you tell me if I got the last
2: name right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, so... So the way we do it is we do Jeopardy rules, right? So if you would have given us the last name, we probably uh, would have taken it. Yeah. So it it's Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia. I was like about I'm like, I know there's an actor. I know
2: there's a grateful dead person. I don't remember the golf <laughs> yeah. Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia. I I got you with uh with that little uh, Ben and Jerry's hint though.
1: Hey. That was one of Rob Sarah things, by the way. I can take golf or leave it.
2: Yeah. I also don't know yeah. anything about golf, so
4: well, Thank Colin had literally just won the uh, the PGA Championship three minutes ago. So oh. that's Is that. The
2: one that took place in San in San Francisco. Yes.
4: Yep. TPC Harding closed it all down,
2: so they wouldn't let anyone <laughs> near that place.
4: <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> all right. Question two. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Behind the Bastards taught me today that Hitler used to carry a dog whip and use it to impress women yikes a whip was the first man-made object to do what a much larger man-made object did it to much greater acclaim in 1947 i think i know this one i, I think, think that yeah. hey, this a is sound uh, barrier yeah breaking the sound barrier okay good. Is this yeah. 1960s guy yep and and to be clear Aaron's favorite thing was the podcast Behind the Bastards, not Adolf Hitler. Or The Whip.
3: <laughs> or the, or like the Whip. Behind the Bastards is a great podcast, by the way. So good. Um,
1: if he ever wants to be on the show, uh, we will have him.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I've i never asked a question that used the word Hitler in a question. <laughs> <laughs> not, you gotta be brave. Like you gotta be boys. brave. But there's one, there's one fact that I really like, and it's basically like, I just thought it's cute. It's not really a question, but it's like Hitler had a German shepherd, I think. What a really fun name. Do you want to guess what <laughs> Hitler's dog was I, named? No, I uh, don't. I really don't. <laughs> it's really cute, actually. I think his or her name was Blondie,
1: oh.
2: which is a really adorable name for a dog. Did it have blue so. eyes, too? Oh. Yeah, right. I know. It's
1: Here we are. I think I, I'm going to make um, it a goal to put the word Hitler in every show I do for the next month. <laughs>
2: Just, bite me. <laughs> Just, I know a host who chickens out with asking Hitler questions. I ain't like <laughs>
1: it. Here's 50 questions on Hitler. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, question hey,
2: three. You have to yeah. in every question, question three, you then?
0: have to go out of your way to include Hitler. Like like this question
4: did. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, question question three. Uh, The sport of Olympic weightlifting consists of two lifts. One is the clean and jerk and involves two separate movements to get the bar overhead. What is the name of the other lift in which the bar is pulled from the ground to overhead in a single fluid movement, which shares its name with a 2000s comedy?
3: Snatch.
4: Yeah, I thought you were going to go naughty on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah.
3: The, jerk the or whatever you just said, like what?
4: <laughs> clean yeah. and jerk. The clean and jerk. Oh, the snatch. The snatch, yeah. Which is a 2000s comedy. Oh, it's a yeah. Guy Ritchie, and it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Is that the Brad
0: Pitt with the accent? Yeah, movie? Brad Pitt as a... One uh, by <laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I like all these questions because I like never know where it's going. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You just kind of hold on until you arrive at a destination. You're like, oh, I guess we're here. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if if you it. don't feel a little uncomfortable uh, with my questions, I haven't done my job. Like, I want you to have a little bit of whiplash, it's a good kind of whiplash. Ziggin and Zach. Exactly. I'm excited to hear the next one.
4: <laughs> well, we know we know Aaron's favorite thing is whips. So. Not, <laughs> okay.
1: It's not, it's not Question I number four. I never said
4: that. <laughs> Uh, What Athens-based band's 1983 debut album was number five on Rolling Stone's list of top 100 albums of the 1980s? They went on to release 14 more studio albums before they disbanded in 2011. I'm going to assume that that's
0: Athens, Georgia, which would limit it to
3: R.E.M. and... Oh, it's probably R.E.M. because they did disband around the early 2010s. That'd be right around the right time. I'd say it's the right Um, time frame. They had at least 14 or 15 albums, plus their live stuff and everything.
0: I feel like there's not a whole lot of other bands from the area either. Um, B-52s.
3: Well, the, the, old, the first one I thought of when they said Athens, Georgia was R.E.M. I don't know of a lot of. OK, so
2: let's just go with R.E.M. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I think it, it is R.E.M. Okay. And OK, good. yeah, there was
4: there's some inside baseball on this because it's obviously it's we. We just went with we took a list of things that we enjoyed, you know, it was a these are a few of our favorite things. Right. And, you know, anyone who knows Aaron knows Aaron's favorite band. Uh, yeah, I
1: love uh, R.E.M. Uh, I think I got more condolence texts the day they broke up than I did the day my grandmother died. <laughs> like,
2: Real quick, R.E.M. question then. What's an R.E.M. song do you think is played too much, and what do you think is an R.E.M. song that people should listen more to? Um, I think- it doesn't have to be like the most, it could just be like- Yeah,
1: A. I mean, most of their radio hits, like Everybody Hurts, The One I Love, um, mm-hmm. Losing My Religion, like, all right, fine, those are good poppy hits, but I think they're like Murmur, their debut album, is just a ton of really cool, thinky kind of stuff. Like Michael Stipe thinks of his voice as an instrument and is less concerned with words on that, so that's a fun album. But Night Swimming okay. is one of my favorite songs. It's just a really pretty, uh, it's a song about memory. It's really pretty, and I don't think it ever got any radio play, so I'd recommend that one.
4: Okay, Night Swimming. Yes. R.E.M. Checking
1: it Sweet. out.
4: Number five, which I think is my favorite question of this round. Uh, Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We move the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. In what year did the Dolphins have the perfect season? A feat unmatched by any team ever again. Tom Brady sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Other things that happened that year include the beginning of the Watergate scandal and The Godfather being released in theaters. Uh, 74? 72. So 72 it's a seventy two? I am so oh, bad at years. No, I mean
0: the the fourteen and 0 Dolphins, seventeen and 0, uh,
4: Dolphins was seventy two.
2: Okay.
4: Yeah, it was it was nineteen seventy two. And the wording at and the I beginning cool little, is, that a, is that a. Yeah, so that's from so that's from the Miami Dolphins fight song. Okay. Uh oh, we yeah. have a fight song. You did my favorite. An you're
2: from Miami, so that makes yeah. A lot
4: of sense. <laughs> The greatest football team. No one else ever. If you can ever, hear ever, me ever, rolling ever
1: my eyes from here.
4: <laughs> i whenever the last undefeated team loses in solidarity with them. Question number six. In 1986, Jeff Goldblum, That Silver Fox, got his big break in what film? A body horror movie co-written and directed by David Cron- Cronenberg? It won the Academy Award for Best Makeup.
3: Oh, such a great movie! That's The Fly. Yeah,
4: it is The Fly. I guess Aaron's favorite thing is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I think is it ain't fly. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
1: no, I like Goldblum. To-
4: uh, question number seven: What is the name of the type of men's dress shoe that does not utilize a lacing or fastening system and is instead simply slipped on the foot? For this reason they are sometimes referred to as slip-ons usually they have a low heel or no heel Ooh, and this is like a dress shoe
3: are we looking for like penny loafer uh, on this yes one?
2: or just loafer. like
4: loafers in general yeah
2: it's a i think is it a monk strap monk shoe monk something
4: Uh yeah so we were we were looking for loafer oh. um we or <laughs> not no one put monk strap yeah and uh i don't so that would I, I would argue if someone put monk strap that I said it did not utilize a lacing or fastening system. And monk straps have a fastening system. Oh, is
1: it a strap? It's the no, monk you strap. You
4: don't do them up <laughs> when you put your shoe. Yeah. I, I accept that. I'm just I thought it was So good. yeah, we were I, I was looking for Loafer on that one. Gotcha. I would have argued. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question number eight, my favorite type of coffee right now is from an East African country that became landlocked in 1993, and yet still announced in June of 2018 that they want to launch a Navy. What is that country?
2: I'm bouncing between two of them, and I think it's Somalia. Anyone else want to help me out here? I mean,
0: (laughs) I thought that they, I didn't think that they were landlocked, but. I could be way off.
3: At first I was thinking he was gonna say Kopi Luwak, um, which was gonna be uh you know the, the coffee that comes from uh, the beans that get like shit out by uh <laughs> yeah. animals. Um, that, that's from Indonesia though. That's from Indonesia. Um
4: Yeah, it's well it's Ethiopia.
2: Ethiopia. <sighs> it's the other one. You you it was if it wasn't clear. it was bouncing in Ethiopia and Somalia.
1: Somalia Drats. is coastal. That's why they have pirates. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ethiopia Ethiopia became landlocked when Eritrea became a country. Uh, Djibouti and Eritrea uh, cut off Ethiopia's route to the sea. I believe.
3: Hey, hey, Corey,
0: Djibouti. I'm stoned, not twelve.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, then this then this next question is for you, Corey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oil is the sciency name for what street drug?
0: Oh, that's uh ecstasy. Molly. Oh, yeah. Um uh, um guys. Uh, THC. Who wants to tell him? He
3: just said THC. <laughs> okay. It's marijuana, that's obviously. True. Marijuana. It's the, the the weeds. He sounded so serious which is that I'm like, um I'm like, yo, who wants to tell him?
4: <laughs> Have I been doing it wrong all along? You guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but I had found a really cool word cloud <laughs> that uh that was shaped like a uh, leaf. like a marijuana leaf. Yep. And uh some of some of the fun uh, words on there were uh, weed, ganja, reefer, jazz cigarettes, pot, Mary J, grass, chronic, hippie lettuce, and wacky tabacky
2: Hmm. out. <laughs> that sounds like the beginnings of a hidden theme round,
4: right? Ooh, it does. My my personal favorite was uh, jazz cigarettes. <laughs> and uh Question 10, which um, we, we may have blown, but uh, one more coffee question. Kopi Luwak is a type of coffee from Indonesia that is unique in that before it is sold for $75 a quarter ounce, it is processed through what? Is the fennet or what? the cat?
0: Is, is it a monkey?
3: It's a cat. Uh, okay. Fennet? F- F- it? F- yeah, it's a civet. Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm Sip like,
3: I, I know it's there. It looks like a mix between like a cat and a rat. Almost like a. Well, I, I got to look this up because I, I remember seeing this picture and it's like, it's kind of creepy. Uh Kofi, Oh, Kobe Digestive drug. system. Yeah. Yes. I did do a marijuana common bond around. <laughs> I just found it. Not surprising, but I'm going to have to use that at some okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how to describe this thing, but this is the picture I've seen before. And. Like, oh, it basically, yeah, they eat them. They eat them, crap them out. And then apparently it's sold as coffee. Pretty
4: popular, like high end popular.
0: Have you ever tried that, Rob? Or is that just like a.
4: Uh No, I'm I mean, like, look, I, I would like to try it. I'm not going to spend $75 for a fucking cup of coffee, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can you can Venmo uh, at Aaron Dash Orange Cat. $75 for each of us. We will drink it and we will live stream it perfect yeah at orange cat trivia
0: the whole somebody figured that out bothers me about so many things <laughs> in our history and, and in our food uh, uh,
2: human civilization has had a long time of trial and error right. so so either the both of you like coffee or one of you really likes coffee
4: yeah, we went back and – well, we both like coffee, and okay. we went back and forth on who got to write the coffee question, and then Aaron got to write two. That's <laughs> <laughs> my, my company. Okay, well, that was
2: fun. Good to learn a little more about your likes and
3: some fun trivia stuff at the same time. All right there. How about we uh, How about we get into our wrap-ups and plugs here, guys? Yeah, that's a good transition as any. So that uh, Corey can go stare any. at the ceiling for a couple hours. So you can get in touch with us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a keyword for the keyword challenge. Uh, Let us know what you like, dislike about the show. Um, If it's a dislike, just go ahead and uh, put attention, Corey, and uh, we'll make sure he reads that. Uh, If you want to find us on Twitter, you can do that at quadriviapod on Twitter. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quadriviapod. And we uh, have a website now, quadriviapodcast.com. Uh, where you can uh, vote on your favorite keyword challenge and see uh, show notes and everything for each show. Corey, where can everybody find you? You can find me online
0: at thirddegreeentertainment.com or just search Third Degree Entertainment on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Not that I ever
3: use any of them. (laughs) All right. What about you, Aaron?
1: I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch and Gmail at Orange Cat Trivia.
4: Uh, you can also find me at those same things Aaron just said
3: attention Rob (laughs) (laughs) all right Calvin where can everybody find you at
2: find me my website's
3: footnotetrivia.com all right and I am Jeremy with Liquid Courage you can find me at uh, JRWG on Twitter or on Twitch at LK Jeremy Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com liquid courage and courage with a K Uh, we just say because Jason can't spell And if as long as nobody has anything else to say, then I guess we will see everybody next week. Have a good night, everybody.
2: Bye bye.
4: Sorry, is this a family show? Am I cursing too? Nope. (laughs) Yeah. No. <laughs> not even <Okay>. a little.
0: There's <laughs> some more. A lot yeah, more.
2: We have Corey and Aaron both on the show. It's not a family. <laughs> it's fucking right. <laughs>